All right, all right. Welcome to The Autonomy Show. My name is Andy, and I am here with Ryan, and today we're going to be talking about a subject that is near and dear to our hearts and some of our other parts, how to play with yourself. I'm ready to play with myself. Let's do it. So play is something that tends to get left out of the conversation in fitness a lot of times because a lot of the, the training methods that we use are, are based on really reductive ideas of trying to isolate strength from other activities, trying to isolate flexibility from other activities. We treat a lot of it like a research project rather than an actual physical endeavor that we're trying to improve. So we've taken the play out of a lot of fitness, but if you look at a lot of physical training disciplines like dance, martial arts, acrobatics, many sports, obviously sports, we say you play a sport, mm. but there's this idea of playfulness and experimentation and exploration and going off script that's part of these things, improvisation, that is part of these movement disciplines that we don't include as often in our fitness training. And so that's something that is very valuable to us and is very valuable to humans in general. It's not just because it's fun, but it's because it makes the things you're practicing actually practical and useful to you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is where when we were kids, we knew how to do this and we wouldn't overthink it. But as we get older, we tend to just think that we don't know how to do it. Having an actual framework for being able to properly play with yourself is something that I think that a lot of people would greatly benefit from. And this is something that we're going to be talking about. But when we say that play is something that you know how to do as a kid, it's important to also understand that it doesn't mean that we should stop being adults. And it doesn't right. mean that right. kids know everything there is to know about how to play productively because kids aren't trying to be productive. Kids aren't the models of how we want to be physically as adults. For one thing, they're anatomically different right. in terms sure. of proportion, mm -hmm. levels of strength, bone hardness, things like that. Right. And also they don't have, for both better and for worse, they don't have the muscular control that adults have. But what that also means is they don't have the set patterns that mm -hmm. we have. Yeah. 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 So I think that's maybe a good place to start with maybe some of the beliefs that people have about play that maybe we should start by challenging or, or putting in a greater context. And I think one of the first ones to really address is the idea that play is either for kids mm. or that it's best achieved by modeling kids. And I, I think that though kids are great at play, obviously, kids do come equipped with an instinct for play. For adults, trying to play like kids is probably not necessarily going to help us achieve our goals unless our goals are just to have fun and, and laugh a little bit. Yeah, and what you're getting at is just basically just farting around, goofing around, and really thinking of that playground kind of thing where we're just going from here to there and just doing random kind of stuff, whatever we feel like at the moment. And that's not really what we're talking about. And that's just one example, though, is that goofing around mm -hmm. sort of thing. We can also look at complete improv in the sense that just feel like doing something right now, you're just going to do it. That is good. I think that it is good to have that from time to time within a practice portion. When we talk about practice, we're talking about our workouts and things like that, using play as a way to help us to further learn about particular movements. And so that's really what we're after rather than just this random sort of thing where we just wake up and all of a sudden during the middle of our workout decide that we're going to do something completely different from what our general theme is. And so right. there's no structure, there's no plan, there's no nothing involved with that. That's not really what we're talking about here. 
I think it's important to understand too is when you look at somebody who is a skillful mover or somebody who has a lot of physical control or is athletic or has spent a long time doing a sport, if you look at somebody playing rugby and you watch them improvise a solution to an event or, or a play that they have never experienced before. And we see these things. Uh, in that context, we understand it, that this is somebody who has a lot of skills, so they're able to do that. And I think that it's important to, to keep in mind as somebody who is learning, uh, as we all are, or as somebody who's trying to improve something, that just telling someone, oh, just improvise, just mm. play, just experiment, is not really giving a lot of guidance to right. people that don't have years of practice doing things. If I just take a guitar right. and stick it in someone's hands and they've never really played before, I say, oh, it's so fun. It's just improvise. Yeah, just they're gonna look at me like I am the biggest asshole on the planet. <laughs> exactly, and that's the thing here. It is really what we're getting is the fact that you have to have these fundamental uh, things, and you also have to have the experience of practicing those things for quite a while. And coming back to the athlete side of things as well, when you're looking at a rugby player and he's able to play and do something that he possibly has never done before. That's simply a result of all the hours of his practicing specific techniques, conditioning, and everything, having that experience of doing that over the years. And it just, that's when it happens. And so that, in that term, yes, everything is going to come back to the practice side of things. And it would be not only irresponsible, but we'd sound like a dick if we were just to tell somebody, hey, here's some movement stuff that we can do in a seminar. We're just going to start off just by playing around and seeing what you If you don't know how to use those things, how the heck are you expected to be able to even try to explore those movements? And so that's why just in terms of not having a plan and not having those fundamental movements to be able to pull from those is not going to allow you to have a good experience when you play. I think one of the most important things when we're talking about what play really is as opposed to the way that we think about it is we need to not limit ourselves to the experiences of play we had as children yes. or Good. expectations we have about play being this happy lucky freedom zone because the hard thing to, to recognize and especially when we talk about autonomy is most people are not prepared for autonomy. Most people don't have the equipment, the experience to really make a strong decision about what they need to be doing mm -hmm. in the right way to do it. Yep. That's why developing physical autonomy is hard. That's why you need a GMB in your life to teach That's you these right. things. Freedom is not something that you can just like, oh, just have freedom. Oh, it's very easy. Just saying, oh, just play is not helpful. So we need to look at what are the real characteristics. It's not being childlike. It's not just improvising. What are the actual characteristics of useful, productive play for a grown-ass adult who's trying to get better at using their bodies? Absolutely, man. And I think the, the two main ones are that one is that it's less structured than practice and less goal-driven than practice. In a sport, you're playing to get a goal, but in between the starting and the goal, there's a lot of things that happen. And most play isn't aimed at a specific outcome. It's just to see what happens. And there are guardrails and structures, but you're relaxing a lot of the safeties in play. And you're using things that you already know. And that's really a big thing with that. And again, coming back mm -hmm. to the earlier topic of 
where you already need to know how to do some of those things in order for you to start moving beyond looking at those specific things. And that's what we're looking at, using exploration in order to move just slightly beyond our comfort zone in those things that we're already comfortable with, doing it in a way that, for one, is safe, and that also has a little bit of structure in terms of it's not, again, like Andy just said, having a goal necessarily. It's just taking something that we're already comfortable with and moving a little bit beyond it to see what happens. So the way that we use play and the way that we try to teach play in our programs and when we work with individuals too, what's really helpful for someone trying to incorporate play as part of their training or practice is the idea of learning to push their limits not necessarily against their capacity for strength or endurance, but pushing their limits of what you're able to do with that right. and pushing them in a place that is not tightly controlled. It, it's not just pushing more weight in a linear right. bench press pattern. Yeah. It's not just doing a higher jump or crawling for longer time. It's finding a neat way to do things, finding different ways to, to test it out and, and what are the, the edges around which you have control and where you start to lose control. Finding those points where you don't have full control because part of really developing confidence and part of developing confidence physically is knowing where you're safe and where you're not. Yeah. And to find where that safety ends you have to get to the limit of it right. while you're moving. Right. And to give just yeah. a super quick example, let's say that you can already do a handstand. And you can do a handstand, let's say, like for 10 seconds or something like that. And your legs are straight and your toes are pointed. And you've been practicing this for quite a while. Play in this regard could be, okay, I already have this handstand. What if I were to open my legs up just a little bit? What would happen to the structure? Great. You're playing. That is really what we're getting after. Sounds super simple, but the thing is you're not aiming for a particular shape. You're not trying to get a one-arm handstand or anything like that. You're simply taking something that you know and shifting or maybe moving just outside of what you're comfortable with in order to see what happens. By playing in this way, you're actually going to learn quite a bit. And it's going to help you for when you go back to that previous movement. It could just simply be a matter of up until now, You've done really well at being able to keep your toes pointed and everything like that. Okay, great. Let's relax your legs. Just simply relax your legs to see what happens. That way you're still in a safe environment. You're just slightly pushing your boundaries and your limits there in order to explore. And this is just one example, but this might be uh, an easy way for you to see where we're going at when we talk about play. Yeah, and another like kind of helpful metaphor is maybe take it outside of a human physical body context. Like from a mechanical perspective, play literally means looseness. If you're looking at part of a machine, if something's got a little play in it, it yeah, literally yeah. means it's loose. It yeah. can move around. It can wiggle. Yeah. So that's what we're doing is we're relaxing and allowing a little bit of wiggle into things. Get a little wiggle in there, yeah. man. It's good for you. Yeah. It's good. Right. So how do we do this effectively? How do we break this down as a bit of a process? And I think the most important thing is just to keep play in its place, not necessarily as a goal, but to keep it as a foil to practice. Practice is where you try to have optimal controlled environments, controlled inputs. You want to have a level floor if you're practicing your yeah, handstands, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, you want to have uh, a little bit of padding if you fall or mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. right? 
practice is where you have everything optimal and you're trying to do it perfectly. Mm -hmm. You know exactly what your next step is. And perfect doesn't mean necessarily goal. It means perfect for your next step. Mm -hmm. And so you're just trying to get as close to that next step for you under optimal circumstances. But yeah. play is where you relax optimization and you allow more wiggle in there. <laughs> so if you just try to play on its own, and, and sometimes in our programs we'll have uh, a session that's only play or only practice, right. but as a whole, we try to balance both of these two types of training because we find that they're really complementary. So play, first of all, foremost, if you're trying to figure out how to incorporate play, think of it as a foil to whatever skills you're practicing. Look at the things that you're really practicing your form and technique on, and those are the areas where you want to be trying to use play as a complement to that practice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and again, th this is great. I gave the example of the handstand where we were practicing our handstand as perfectly as possible so that when we play, we could just say, what if I bend my toes? And this could go for any sort of movement that you already have control with. But to bring this back again to what you said, it does need to have that controlled environment so that when you do slightly go out of that comfort zone, you're not going to hurt yourself. And so this could be if you're using a local motion movement like the bear and just simply saying again what if i turn my hands out to the side when i'm doing the bear or if up until now i had my legs completely straight pushing my butt up into the air what if i were to drop my hips just a little bit and literally it could just be just a tiny bit in order to explore but it's based really what you were practicing earlier and so you already have that particular skill down that you're working on or you're trying to get it as perfectly as possible so that when you go to play with it Again, you're comfortable, you're going to be safe when you're doing it, and you're simply trying to explore a particular variation of that movement that you were practicing. That's key. Just like we said earlier with the guitar, uh, play happens after you have already a little bit of experience of the basics. And I'm, I can remember the first time I actually worked with a teacher for guitar. I had been playing for three or four years already, and I was, you know, I was getting pretty good. I had a pretty good feel and ear for things, and my fingers knew basically what to do, but I didn't know anything about the I, I basically knew what to do, and then he taught me some different modes and scales and said, practice these things. And then he did the cool part that got me to play is he played some chords that were in those right modes where I literally could not hit a wrong note if I tried. He knew what he was, right. he was a good guy. But he was like, okay, now play an A minor, G major, D Dorian, you know, play through these modes and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this thing. Just hit all the notes that you learned all up and down the neck that are in these things and you cannot screw up. Yeah. And that's what play is yes. because I had already practiced all of those things and then I could not screw up. No matter what order, tempo, arrangement that I put them in, I could not screw it up at that point. And that's what play really is. So you can't just start from zero with play, right? right? right. You have to have something to play right. with. Yeah, <laughs> there you um, go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, But then also, I think, Ryan, you brought up a really important part is safety and, and both physical safety in terms of mm. knowing that you have the strength or the mobility to be able to do something safely or that you're not injured or whatever, but also the psychological safety. Yes which becomes a huge thing in inverted things like handstands or also acrobatic <laughs> movements and yeah. things like that. Yeah, because you can't learn things efficiently or enjoyably in an unsafe environment. Yeah. You'll be too stressed out or worried about what if I fall right. or what if this right. happens or exactly. what if I can't do it? Yeah. And you just won't let yourself learn from that productively. Absolutely. And 
related to that fear and going into the next thing here also is looking at the complexity of that particular thing that you're doing and actually trying to reduce that complexity because you are going to have that fear because you're exploring something that you've possibly never done before. And so if mm -hmm. you're trying to push yourself at a level that's way beyond mentally where you think you should be there, then it's going to make it even worse in terms of you actually being able to explore. You're not going to be able to do it. That's why reducing the complexity of that particular movement or whatever you're doing, as well as the number of things that you're trying to do. And so when you play, let's just look at one single thing, one single thing that you can explore and do it in a manner that's going to allow you to be fully aware and in control of being able to do that. And so like your teacher, he really just said, it's just this, and we're just going to cover this one single topic that you've mm -hmm. already practiced, but here's something that's going to go over the top of it, and I'm doing it with you, so now you can get that. They provided right. an environment in which I didn't have to worry yeah. about anything. No, yeah. I couldn't screw it up. All I had to do was explore what he had given. And that's it. And yeah. that's really it. And that's what we're getting at is that everything that we talked up until now, it, it's having that knowledge, if you will, the experience of the things, and then just simply taking and looking at it in a way that you know that you can expand upon with one single theme and do it in a way that is safe. <laughs> yeah. And that's not to say that play should be 100% safe because there's no such thing as 100%. Yeah. There's always going to be this tension between the unknown, mm -hmm. which is part of what yeah. play is, that yeah. open-ended, you don't know where you're going, and also the feeling that you can still get back to yeah you can still get back to safety yeah that's right good. that's a good way to bring it up yeah you, you may yeah. be in water that's over your head but you know that you're close enough to the side of the pool it, that you'll be all right there you go that's a great way of looking at it exactly yeah yeah so it's, it's a balance and like you mentioned Ryan, reducing the complexity reducing the speed mm. can help you yes. bring yeah. a little bit more feeling of safety even to things that you've never done before mm. and then you can ramp those back up once you do feel yeah. that you're in control enough to then start pushing a little bit more yeah. but you keep that gradual and it allows you to be in control of that balance that tension between safety and the unknown. Mm -hmm. Exploring that tension is what play really should be. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, just a couple notes. It's, you know, to keep it an open mind. And I think really when you are thinking about play, again, we're not trying to nail something. It's really about right. noticing and simply being aware so that you can adjust and then also bring that awareness back to the other things that you were practicing. This is why one reason why play is so important is because the fact that you are trying to explore just a little bit outside of your limits there is going to make the thing that you are practicing even better. And actually, in some cases, a lot easier because now, oh, I can go and I've expanded it just a little bit. So you actually come back to something that feels even more comfortable and that you more familiar to you. Because what play is not is just trying to mess around until you get to a goal. Yeah, exactly. It's not right? going to work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But what it, it really is messing around and keeping an open mind and noticing opportunities, noticing yes. when you turn your hand a different yes. way, noticing when you shift your weight a different way, noticing when you speed up or slow down. Does that give you an opportunity to, for example, if you're just, if you're doing a bear walk and you slow it way down and you notice that there's a spot, like you're moving your hand and there's a spot where you're balanced. And instead of putting your hand where you always put it, maybe you could put it out to the side further. Yeah. 
And, and just you notice if you keep an open mind, you notice that there's an opportunity, a door that isn't there at your normal speed that you could open up and walk through now that you're slowing it down and see what's on the other side of that. That is what play is yeah. practically in motion while you are as a foil to the practice of the skill. Perfect. Yeah. And noticing these things as they come up and then you can adapt to them, adjust to them, experiment with it. That's where you really learn not just the steps of a movement, not just what it should feel like or look like or the correct form. This is where you really get in its pants and feel around and find out what's down there. Yes, that is how I'm trying not to laugh. But yes. But you have to get inside the movement, I'm not to be crude. No, but that's, no, I totally, and that's the thing. And, and the more familiar you can get with uh, what you're playing with, the better off everything else is going to be. And that's really where we're going with that. And, and it's options. That's the thing is that it gives you more options. But again, when you go back to that previous movement, whatever you're practicing, it's just going to be better. It really is. It really is. Yeah, the main thing is that I, I am sick of people saying, oh, we should all just play like children. No, we shouldn't. We're adults. We shouldn't. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're playing with children, in which case, please play like children, enjoy it. That's mm -hmm. a whole different thing. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. We have things as adults that we know that children didn't know. Mm -hmm. at, at least I fucking hope so. <laughs> if you peaked at three and it's all been downhill since then, I'm sorry, brother. I am sorry. But the rest of us... We've got a few edges on kids, so don't just try to emulate yeah. children. Think with your big adult brain and use all the things that you've learned and developed since then, and you'll learn to play lovingly with yourself as a full grown-ass yeah. adult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ways you can define it, but just remember that play is the other side of the coin of practice. These two things are like peanut butter and chocolate, hall and oats. They go together. You can try to separate them, but they're just Better. They're better when they're between the same slices of bread together. <laughs> oh, this is really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically what we're getting at is play with yourself every single day because you'll enjoy life much more, much, much more. Yeah, that's it. That's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody.